This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun. What is good, San Diego, on the eve of Game 3 in the NLCS? Out here in Philadelphia, at least I am, Matt Scraby, Chris Ello, back at home, the Odyssey Empire. We welcome you into another episode of Gwen and Chris. And uh, Christopher, yeah, a lot of news, not a lose, not a new, lot of news uh, circling today. We'll get into uh, this Gold Glove um, fiasco, Gold Glove, Gold Glove Gate. Is that we're gonna? Is, is, does this oh, does this qualify like as a gate? Oh, it's a gate. It's yeah. a gate? Okay. Oh, yeah. we'll, we'll get into the gold glove gate here shortly. Um, Padres with four. I repeat, four finalists at four different positions. One of them, or none of them named Manny Machado. So there's that. We get out of, got that out the way. Padres, <gasps> yes, yes. Padres currently uh, <laughs> all of those emotions. Ever do that. <laughs> I'm sure all of those emotions will be able to dig into a little bit more. Uh, Padres currently that wasn't, working. Uh, by the way, that was not a sounder that Scraby played. That was actually my reaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris walked True in the story. studio and yeah. he just—he was very upset. He just yelled, "I've never seen anyone ever do that!" We're like, I know. You know, I, I, we'll talk about it next segment. But I do want to—I do want to mention this because I think it's important. Right? Next year, shifts are going to be limited. You're going to start really seeing um, who can play where a little bit more. And, and the range and their athleticism a little bit more than we have. And, um, you know, I, I think another thing, you know, Manny was, was hurt a little bit this year, and he wasn't doing the shifting, so he didn't have as many opportunities. But we'll get into that in our next segment. Padres, Phillies tied up at one apiece, Chris, after an explosive offense. And we've seen this from the Padres really since the, 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 the deadline move. Um, we've seen them have these big innings, five, six, seven runs in an inning. I don't know if we expected it to come against Aaron Nola in the NLCS, but boy, oh boy, uh, Padres showed up in a big way after falling behind 4 nothing. on, by the way, which I think was really good batter's luck for the most part. I think the average exit velocity was somewhere around 75 miles per hour in that inning in the second. Um, but to Blake Snell's credit, he weathered the storm. He didn't let that thing like spiral out of control. He kept them at four through five, and then the Padres' offense took over from there. Well, how many times this year, Tony, did we have to uh, defend the Padres as a team that uh, actually tried? 
Right? <laughs> too, more, too, more often more than I like to remember. More times than I'd like to admit, right? I mean, people all year long kept saying, yeah, this team doesn't give an effort every night. They give away at bats. They don't play hard, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I would hope that yesterday's victory would answer those questions once and for all. Uh, this team uh, really showed what it was made of yesterday because you're right, Tony, that four-run rally that the Phillies put together in the second inning, that that flattened me. I mean, as a fan watching it, <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, you got to be kidding me. I mean, this is like tailor-made. Everything's going the Phillies' way, and bloops were following, falling in. And, you know, can we please – you're a major league outfielder, so I'll ask you, can we please clear up the fact that Juan Soto did not miss that fly ball? Can, can the he, only No, he didn't miss the fly ball. The only way he catches that ball is if he has that welding mask that they, you know, that you slide <laughs> over your face. No one in the history of baseball has ever been able to look directly into the sun. I don't care what kind of Oakleys, 100 percent. Yeah. I don't care what your what your eyewear is, unless you have welding glasses, you're not catching that ball. Yes. Unfortunately, you know what we haven't experienced here in San Diego, specifically at Pickle Park, is baseball this late in the season. That's right. So the sun. Coming down a little bit earlier uh, than it would have been earlier in the season, or even in September, early October, um, was a little bit different, and it put him in a. And it wasn't just him. I mean, you could see everybody really battling on balls to the right side of the field, but specifically in right field, he just happened to have the ball that was hit right into the sun, and you could tell it. He in his mind, I've been there as hell before. You're looking at this ball, and you're praying like, okay, I got. I got a I got a beat on it, but it can't move any more closer to the like if it keeps moving in the trajectory that it's in, it's gonna go into the sun and it's just gonna be a, a pure luck if I catch this ball. And you can see at the last second as it was starting to come in, it went right into the sun and he he had to eject. And yes. you know that's we've we've I've I've been there as an outfielder, but it certainly is not a misplay. It is just it is bad. It's not luck. a misplay. That's what I wanted to clear up to everybody out there. But the fact of the matter is, it was all part of that inning. Uh, Brandon Drury had a hot shot hit to him that bounced out of his glove. Might have been a double play instead of that. A fourth run scored, and and you're thinking this is just not the Padres' day. I mean, you're going up against Aaron Nola. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball. Uh, not only is he one of the best pitchers in baseball. He'd been one of the hottest pitchers in baseball, Tony. He hadn't given up a run in either of his first two postseason outings. He nearly pitched a perfect game in his last start of the regular season. And now you got a four-run you know, mountain to climb against this guy. And, you know, you do it. I mean, just the bottom yeah. line is you did it. I mean, you got the two home runs that got you back in the game. You had the big rally in the fifth inning. I, that shows a lot of guts, and, and to me, it shows what this team is made out of. And you know, I, I honestly, you know, the next time somebody wants to try and tell me that the Padres just look like they don't care and they're just going through the motions, <laughs> you know, please, I, this team has as much guts as any team left in the postseason, Thanks. and they showed it yesterday. That that's what that victory was yesterday. It was all about. You know, reaching down, digging deep, and finding a way to win a game in which nothing was going your way. Blake Snell personified that with the way he pitched the innings, you know, after the second inning. I said yesterday or last night, Tony, when we were on, you know, as a former pitcher, I would have been a complete wreck in that second inning. <laughs> right? You know, I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I mean, if you get one bloop, I'll go, okay. You get two bloops, I'll go, eh. You get a third and a fourth bloop and then a ball lost in the sun and a ground ball off somebody's glove – 
I, I just turned to my manager, take me out of this game. <laughs> I'm done. You know? I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> I'm not getting – this isn't going to work. And, and to his credit, Blake Snell, he fought through it, and he kept them right there. I mean, I, I thought that was spectacular. I thought, you know, Austin Nola's bat at bat against Aaron on the hit and run and Beautiful. Hassan King's Beautiful. ability to score. Uh, that was sensational. Soto had the big hit. Drury clutched up. Uh, just so many different things. And then Manny with his unbelievable play in the eighth inning to close the door and start that double play. You know, that's that that's a gutty team win, which is what we've been seeing throughout these playoffs. The, has there been a game yet where the Potters have been carried by one guy? Not really. You know, almost no. every game that they I mean, won, there might have been a couple where Manny said, get on my back. A little I'm, bit. I'm finna- but yeah, but not often. It seems like almost every game there's been at least a handful of guys contributing to the victory, and that was certainly, again, the case yesterday. And now this series is even. And, you know, Tony, I'm, I'm trying not to look at this only from the Padre perspective. I'm trying to step back and take a look at how I would look at this series if the Padres were not involved. I really like their spot right now. Uh, I, I know that the Phillies can say, hey, well, we got our split. Yeah, you got your split, but now you got to face Joe Musgrove. And you got, yeah. you know, Clevenger, who shut down the Phillies it's, in Philadelphia this year. The Phillies don't really have anybody to go to, you know, that they can totally count on until Zach Wheeler comes around in the rotation again. And by then, the series could be in jeopardy. It's funny you brought this up. Uh, Jesse and I were talking about it before I came on. And, and you know, much like we, we have really come to the conclusion that, you know, in terms of uh, storylines and in terms of narratives – it's week to week during the regular season. Listen, I, I hear what you're saying, but in the playoffs, it's it's literally game to game. I mean, you just it's too hard to figure out how you feel because that day it may not go as scripted. And so, yes, the Padres, I think in everybody's mind, including mine, um, have an advantage with Joe Musgrove on the mound tomorrow. But that does not mean that he could go out there and pitch great. And, and do everything he can, and then there's, there's a lap somewhere else. And that's why, especially in the playoffs, when you're dealing with two teams who are as hot as these two teams are, you just, you just can't, you can't count it out. I mean, even in last night's game, Phillies, they kept coming. Like, they're not, they're not going to just fold the tent. And so, yes, the Padres are in a good position, I think, from a Padres standpoint. But if you're on the Phillies side, you're like, shoot, we went into San Diego, a pretty raucous place, and we got one. Which is which is what we were were intending to do, and we got just as just as the same as the Padres can say. Well, we took down one of their starters, one of their two best starters. Well, Philly also has that feather in their cap as well. And so, uh, these next three games, uh, as as crazy as New York was, I think this is going to be even on another level. Honestly, having played here and having been here in a playoff game. It's it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be. I'm looking forward to it. I really am. It'll be a stadium full of Philly fanatics, as it uh, as it were. There's no question about that. Uh, the other part of it that sets up well for the Padres, and you're right, Tony. There's there's no way to guarantee anything. You can only go by what you see, and you right. feel comfortable with Joe Musgrove on the mound. But the fact of the matter also is that if the Phillies don't sweep this weekend series and you know, I, I, I got to believe the Padres are going to be good enough to get a game there at least. Then the only way they can win the series is in San Diego. And frankly, we're not going to let that happen. So 
That's another reason I like this 2-3-2 format setting up in favor of the Padres here. Uh, they got to go to Philadelphia. If they get two, they're in unbelievable shape because then the, the Padres would have two chances to win at home. But even if they only get one, the Phillies are going to still have to fly back out here and beat the Padres in Petco Park one more time. So, uh, look, it's all got to be done. I think you bring up a great point. You have to just play each game as it comes. And momentum, as they say, is only as good as the next day's starting pitcher. But it sets up where the Padres have a real live opportunity here to get to this World Series. So they got a lot of work to do, but it sets up for them to be able to do it. No doubt. they got a ton of opportunity to make it happen. And so, um, you know. Listen, the Phillies have already proven they can go into San Diego and get one. It took a it took a unbelievable pitching performance for it to happen, but nevertheless, in their minds, they feel like they can have it. But I think the Padres got to feel pretty good because I, I agree. You you think they can get at least one? And Joe mentioned it in his press. So you guys will get the chance to hear it a little bit later. Uh, we get they get one. That means they got to come back to San Diego. You guarantee another game at home. And you know, I think based on what we heard today, the Padres feel pretty 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 good about playing at Petco Park. All right, let's step away. Let's take a break. When we come back, Manny Machado, as I said, not a finalist for third base. We're going to have to dig into this. when we. You know, this this whole thing has been a dumpster fire. It has indeed been a dumpster (laughs) fire. More Gwen and Chris on the way. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Both of us are playing air guitar here in the Odyssey Palace Studios. Chris Ello, Matt Scraby, of course, Tony Gwynn Jr. is in Philadelphia. That's where the Padres are, getting ready for Game 3 of the National League Championship Series tomorrow at 4.30. Welcome back to Gwen and Chris, everybody. Day off for the NLCS, but not a day off for us to 
to not be upset. I, I uh, really, I mean, this uh, this has got me, has thrown me for a loop. The uh, Gold Glove finalists were announced today for the National League and Major League Baseball, for that matter. And uh, Manny Machado, not going to win the Gold Glove this year at third base. Why? He's not even a finalist. And uh, this has to be one of the great oversights that I've ever seen. Uh, Tony, I really thought he was going to win the award you know, I thought he was going to beat out Arenado this year. He was so spectacular in every way. And it was funny today because I was going through my Twitter feed, and I think it was Jesse uh, Agler, your your partner there on the broadcast, who said, hey, congratulations to Jake Cronenworth and Hassan Kim and Trent Grisham and Juan Soto and, you know, the fact that they're all finalists, and he was referring to that and that whole thing. And I thought to myself very quickly, well, what about Manny? And then I just thought, nah, probably didn't bother even taking time to congratulate Manny because it was so obvious that he'd be a finalist and then come to find out he's not. And so this is really something I, you know, I don't know why I'm taking this personally, Tony, but I I feel like I I thought I knew. San Diego, that's why. Yeah, well, that and the fact that I thought I knew something about baseball. You know, I mean, I watch, you know, 160 games a year, and I thought I was pretty good at being able to spot somebody who could field. And this is really amazing. So I I, I guess you just got to wear it. There's nothing else we can do at this point. Listen, obviously I'm biased. I watched Manny for all but, what, maybe four games this year and the games that he missed. Um, So I clearly have a great understanding of how – really how good he is at third base. But I, I will offer this. I think Manny's defensive year last year was better. Um, I, I just think he had more opportunities to make ridiculous plays. Um, and, he, and you know, I haven't I got to look at the exact numbers of what he did last year. But I thought last year was his, like, best opportunity to take out uh, Arenado. And it didn't happen. And so – you know, when I look at the year he had, you also have to remember because of that ankle injury for maybe the last, what, two months of the season, he pretty much dealt with it. He may not have been as active as we are used to seeing him. Now, he's seemingly gotten a little bit healthy, but even towards the end, we've seen times with him limping around over there. Anything hit to him that he gets his glove on, he's catching. Like, he's he's that good. But I will say this, although I think his year last year was better, outside of Arenado, I don't see how he's not on this list. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I and listen, again, I watch Manny every day, so I'm biased. I don't understand how, at the very least, he's not on this list ahead of Ryan McMahon. Who was the third? And Cabrian Hayes. Cabrian Hayes. Yes. Cabrian Hayes. The two series I saw Cabrian Hayes, Really, before the first series, hearing from everybody in Pittsburgh, man, this guy is unbelievable. I believe he went out and made like two or three errors in the series. <laughs> and I remember I remember a few of them coming up like, hey, I don't know what happened. Like, he's never like this. And then I saw the same thing in San Diego. But, you know, that's just a, a, a window into, yeah. what, six games. So it's a short sample. It's a short sample size. So who am I to say that they're not deserving? But – Again, it's hard for me to imagine Manny not being on the list at all. <laughs> it's really amazing. Let, let's talk for just a second, Tony, how the voting goes or how this works. I mean, this is managers throughout baseball. This is coaches throughout baseball. There's a sabermetric uh, aspect to it. 
I wanted to ask you this. Do you think there's anything to the fact that this could be a bit of a personality thing with Manny Machado? And, and I, you know, look, he seems pretty well misunderstood and disliked to a certain extent, uh, certainly by fan bases throughout baseball. I don't know if that translates down to the dugout and opposing managers, but I'm just trying to figure out how they could watch this guy play third base and not think he's one of the best. So I'm trying to come up with an excuse for it. Um, you know, I mean, could that be, could that have entered into this or could he just, could it just be the simple fact that, you know, he makes every play look so effortless that we just, they don't notice what we notice on a day-to-day basis. I, I, I mean, let's, I'll answer that by saying there are 30 managers and I think it's six coaches up to six coaches from each team. So it's, it's 30 managers plus up to six coaches from each team. Let's just look at society and how we look and judge one another. You have to think that at least at least one of the 30 managers is not going to solely base it off what he sees. There's going to be some feelings involved. And, I mean, you would like to think in a perfect world everybody can remove the feelings, remove what they've heard, remove what maybe they saw at one point, and just stick to what's happening on the field. But we know that's just not how things work as human beings, right? Like that's – there's going to be some type – and so I answer your question by saying I hope not. I really hope that it's just strictly based off of what they're seeing on the field, how they're seeing it, um, and the cyber matrix. I, I haven't seen uh, any of the, the defense stuff, uh, the index stuff. That's 25% of the vote. But, you know, yeah, of course that's 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 probably an element of it in there. I don't know how much. But, yeah, for sure, it's got to be in there a little bit. But even with that being said, every manager that we've come across or we've heard talk, they always bring up how terrific he is I know. on both sides. So I don't know what the real answer to that is. I have a hard time seeing 30 managers say, yeah, you know, I got uh, Ryan McMahon and Cabrian Hayes as better shortstops or, excuse me, better third basemen than, than Manny. I have a hard time seeing that, but clearly – the vote says differently. Yeah, it's really remarkable. Manny Machado, not a finalist for the gold glove at third base in the National League this year. Um, you know, I, I don't know that anybody's had a chance to even talk with Manny about this. He's got to feel some type of way about it. Now, if I know him, he's going to use it as motivation to go out and make every play twice as good as he already makes him. But I, you can't force defense. I mean, he he's already in such great positioning all the time. He's already so smooth. There's nothing he can do to make any of the plays look more difficult. You know, for example, I mean, the double play that he started, you know, yesterday against Bryce Harper, he made that look like it was a routine ground ball to shortstop, and it just wasn't. I mean, when Bryce Harper hit that ball, Tony, I don't know what your first thought was. My first thought was, oh, no, base hit. They're going to have two on and the tying run coming to the plate. Then I saw Manny was going to get to it somehow, and I'm like, I can't believe he's going to get to this and maybe get one out. The next thing I know is throw was online and they had a two outs and it just, I, I just don't see how he can make that more look difficult because yeah, he really made I, it look smooth. The, the, the difficulty of that play to me wasn't him getting the ball. I never thought for one second he wasn't going to get to it, but because of him having to slide his body the way he did towards third base, the question was, could he get enough on the throw to make it worth trying to turn that double play. And he 
got so much on that throw and got rid of it so fast, it actually made that double play look easy, which is uh, another thing I think plays against Manny. I honestly believe that. He's kind of got the Gary Templeton syndrome, which is those dudes are so athletic and unique in what they can do defensively that it appears easy to them. In reality, you put 29 other guys at that spot to do the same thing, most of them aren't going to be able – it's going to look harder. They may make the play, but it's going to look like the great play that, you know, maybe everybody else makes it look like. Whereas, you know, with with Tempe in the 80s and and now Manny, they just make it look remarkably easy. And because it's not that wow factor, it doesn't look like the wow factor, I think that that also hurts it. Yeah. Well, there's no disrespect out here for any of these players that are getting finalists. I mean, obviously the Padres are well represented. Got Cronenworth at second base, Hassan Kim at shortstop, Trent Grisham, Juan Soto in the outfield. So I don't want to take anything away from the Gold Glove Award itself. But this is really a travesty. I, 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 I am honestly just beyond uh, belief that that this could happen. And uh, you know, I only hope that you know Manny uses it as fuel here for the next you know couple of weeks. You know, for whatever fuel he can use to help you know keep it going for the Padres. I know that you know all of these awards, all of these polls that come out, they are just that. They're just somebody's opinion. We don't have to agree with them. And in this case, I don't think you're going to find too many Padre fans who do agree with it. Um, you know, you go back to the beginning of the playoffs, MLB, you know, dot com, you know, rated the Padres as the 12th best pitching staff out of 12 teams in the playoffs. And right. I didn't believe that one either. So, you know, they're, they're, these things aren't always right. And eventually you have to prove it on the field. And, you know, I, I don't know what to say, man. You've proved it to all of us in San Diego. Just keep on doing what you do. And. You know, I don't think he plays for the recognition, but I think the fans do play for the respect of the players on their team. And in this case, that respect is being uh, totally overlooked. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Everything you said. We'll take a break, come back. Much more Gwen and Chris on the way ahead of Game 3 of the National League Championship Series. The Padres and their weak fielding third baseman will take on the Phillies tomorrow afternoon at 4.30. We'll come back with more Gwen and Chris on San Diego's number one sports talk station, 97.3 The Fan. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Uh, 2.34 is the time. Welcome back. Gwen and Chris, Crisello, Matt Scraby, together in our Odyssey Palace studios. Tony Gwynn Jr. in Philadelphia with the Padres. Game three of the NLCS tomorrow, and uh, we'll be broadcasting live from Ballast Point in Little Italy starting at 6 a.m. Ben and Woods. Coach John Quintero, 10 to 2, and then our program from 2 o'clock leading off to uh, the pregame show tomorrow at 3.35. The uh, Friar and the Pod Squad are going to make appearances there from 10 a.m. to noon tomorrow. There'll be food and drink specials all day. $5 pints of Swingin' Friar Ale. Stick around to watch the game at 4.35. Ballast Point, the official craft beer of the Padres. Little Italy location is at 2215 India Street. We'll see you there 
tomorrow. Right now, we are ready for today's Big Five. It's that time of the show when we check on the latest in sports. Only the most important topics and questions are brought to light. Stop what you're doing and listen. These news stories will astound and amaze you. The one, the only. Oh my God, who the hell cares? The Big Five starts now on 97.3 The Fan. Well, I feel like it has been a long time since we've done a Big Five, so I might be a little bit rusty just to let you guys know. Yeah, what's it been, three days? Uh, no, I think um can't even remember the last time, Chris. It was that long ago. So. Well, your memory is about three days. So. <laughs> oh, am I a goldfish? <laughs> Number five. Well, uh, let's get started. Actually, you know what I want to get started with? Have you guys heard this controversy about the chess world right now? Haven't had time for it. Tony? What? The chess what? world. The controversy. Have you heard the controversy? There's, there's to let you know that I have not. I okay. Was like what? I thought we were, I didn't know if we were talking about chess hair or if we were talking no, about chess, like, like the, the chess the, board the game. game. Yes, yes. Oh, chess. Yeah. There is a last uh, time we were talking about a chess. It was you know, Luke it was Voigt. Luke Voigt's chess hair. So yeah. I, I, you know, yeah. No, I haven't paid any attention to the to the chess world. All right. Well, this return to the big five is already not going the way I planned. So I'm just gonna get it. Number five. Look into it though. <laughs> big issues in the the world of chess right now. $100 million lawsuit happening. Anyway, we've talked about... Is that about- along the same lines of uh, the guys fishing and dropping weights in their fish to win, oh, win a whole bunch of money? I yes, saw that one. Yes. that Yeah. No, well, the guy is cheating. Oh, now Tony's kind of interested. Uh, <laughs> the guy, one of the guys is cheating online. He has a program that's able to figure out moves faster than a human mind can. So he was using that program. He was logging in and out, and he was winning money online with chess. Uh, well, that's what they get. This yeah. chess should be a pl- game played in person, not on not on a computer. Yep, the daily gambit or queen's gambit, whatever it was. Chris you know, it's just, just asking I'm for just, me to go I, forward. No, He's I'm not asking like for you that. to go forward. I'm just tired of hearing about people cheating in everything that we do. I mean, I was yeah. mentioning this the other night uh, when I was watching the ball game and reminded that every you know couple of innings, when a pitcher walks off the mound, the umpires still have to check them. You know, to see if they have any sticky substance or whatever. And I'm just like, to me, that's just a sad commentary that we even have to keep checking people because there's such an inkling to cheat and get an advantage out there. And I I just wish people could. I, I, I'm not going to win this wish. I no, just wish not. that, you know, one day somebody would just play and, and and play by the rules and, you know, may the best person win. But it's obviously not the case. For for the record, it's not just sports. Regular life people cheat no, all right. the time. Yeah. Like, that's just, we are, we just are. We're a messed right. up human. We're messed <laughs> up. We're just totally messed up. Yeah, all we we're really, doing, truly all, are. I guess apparently all we're put on the earth for is deceit and lies. So, <laughs> come on. Uh, all right. I was the one who said, "Let's do this quick, guys," and then I got here, us off track. Here you go, as minutes. always. <laughs> We've talked about Manny Machado not even being a finalist for a Gold Glove in the National League, which is plain ridiculous. However, the Padres did have three other finalists for Gold Glove: Trent Grisham, center fielder. Four? Four other finalists. Who am Juan I missing? Soto is also ah, a right finalist. Field. Yes, yes, you're, you are correct. Four other finalists. Trent Grisham, Hassan Kim, and Jake Cronenworth. Tony, along with Juan Soto. Do any of these guys end up winning in your mind? Ooh, I didn't get to see who the finalists are with, with Juan. 
With um, Juan, let me tell you as you're thinking. I do know, I think Grisham's got a great chance to Mookie win. Mookie Betts and Dalton Varsho. Yeah, no, less of an opportunity to win it. Varsho is, is isn't he in the utility bracket, though? No, uh, Brent, Brendan Donovan, Tommy Edmond, and, oh, yeah, he is. He's up for two. Wow. Oh, he's up for both. I guess so. No, that's the game be right. I'm We're looking at what the, MLB, what the MLB sent out. Wow. Okay, well, I'll say this. I think Trent has a terrific chance. Um, I think Kim has an outside chance. He, he's going to be going up against Dansby Swanson, who is, you know, pretty good in his own right at, over there at short. Uh, I think Jake's got a terrific chance to to come away with, uh, with gold. Um, Juan, I mean, listen, he's going up against Mookie Betts. And so, you know, that's one of the best outfielders in all of baseball to go along with it. But the fact that Juan has made this list touch really is a credit to his improvement out there uh, in right. And I also feel I, 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 you have to be pretty excited for Hassan Kim, right? Because he wasn't even supposed to be the everyday shortstop. Kind of had to do it because of the circumstances surrounding Fernando. And he's been that good to where he is actually being considered um, – for a gold glove at shortstop. And we knew he was already that dude at shortstop anyway. But I think this really solidifies what many of us knew already uh, in terms of that. So I, I give uh, I give Jake, I give Grish the best chances uh, to win. To win. All right. Chris, what do you think? Well, I think, number one, I'm really happy to see Juan Soto get, uh, get be a finalist because I, I, I've heard from a few Padre fans who don't think he's a very good fielder, and they point now to the fly ball that he didn't catch in game two yesterday against the Phillies, which I point back and say – there's not a human glasses being on there? earth that could have <laughs> caught that ball. Glasses. The ball completely disappeared in the sun. That isn't even a misplay. I want to right. put those people out there and just make their heads stare at the sun. I, I, I just don't understand how anybody can think that that was a, a misplay or an error in any way, shape, or form. Bad luck. Uh, so I, this is a nice. Uh, this does legitimize Juan Soto as an outfielder. And you're right, Tony. He's worked to get to this point because he wasn't gifted when he first started his career in the outfield. Uh, I I think Jake Cronenworth, all he has to do is show him that play he made in game one of the series off Bryce Harper. Put that on tape and tell me there's a second baseman out there that's made a better play than that in baseball this season. Uh, it was one of the great plays I've ever seen, and it you know, ended up in a loss. So Maybe some people have already forgotten about it. I certainly will not forget that play anytime soon. And Hassan Kim, think about where he had to come from, Tony. Like you said, he wasn't even supposed to be playing, let alone right. in the running for a Gold Glove Award. Um, you know, So for him to get this kind of respect – at his position is really, really impressive. So I don't know that any of them will win. I, you know, to me, it's an honor to be nominated. And, uh, you know, I mean, if the voters are the same people that pick the finalists, which they are, I have no idea what they're thinking because, as we said earlier, <laughs> the fact that Manny isn't a finalist is beyond shameful. Number four. Well, the NBA's uh, season is underway, and you know who has made his first... Real, real quick, yes. just so we're clear on this. The people who determine the winners are 30 MLB managers, up to six coaches from each team vote for a pool of players in the league, excluding players from their own team. These votes compromise 75% of the selection total with the uh, SABR defensive index counting for the other 25 um, 
10%. So this is a a, a pretty, I don't want to say it's bulletproof, but these are the people in the know. Like these aren't writers or fans. These are like managers who see these guys every day are competing against them. And then they're actually using, which I think is a, a breath of fresh air uh, to the gold glove. They're actually using defensive metrics. This isn't just who we're seeing on Sports Center every day or who, you know, who's the best offensive guy. I did, did Jesse showed me a tweet today of somebody who was actually complaining about Manny not being on there, which is a good complaint. But they used all offensive stats to to, to prove their <laughs> it's point. A defensive it's, award. A, it's, it's a defensive award, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean – I, I was pretty ticked off when I read it. We've talked about it. It's just not, you know, not a good situation for how good of a year we thought he had. Yeah. All right. Nets player Ben Simmons returned to the NBA floor for the first time since June of 2021. Simmons finished with with more fouls. He fouled out with six. than points at four. Rebounds with five and assists at five. He had some good passes, and the Nets were not running the office through him, so... He made no real impact to the game, but he did brick his only two free throws of the game. There will be better days for Ben Simmons, we think. Chris, what kind of year do you think he is going to have? Well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to stick up for Ben Simmons because I'm not a fan. But, yeah, this is his first game in two years. So, I mean, I'm not surprised that he'd get off to a slower start. I'm sure he'll come around and play pretty well. I mean, the Nets have to be a little concerned, though. They got blown out by 22 points at home by the Pelicans. And I know the Pelicans are an improved team, but I don't think the Nets were expecting that. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I think Ben Simmons is going to have an all right year. He's too talented not to be all right. Uh, you know, it's obvious based on his first two free throws that he hasn't spent much time at the free throw line working on that stroke. But, uh, you know, he's still a talented player, and I got to believe that he's going to, you know, have some some good nights. This just wasn't one of them. Tony, what do you? What kind of year do you think Ben Simmons is going to have? I think he'll have a good year. Uh, as Chris said, it's been two years since he played a basketball game, and you can run all the drills, you can run all the practices. There is nothing like being in game shape. Um, and I think that's where the six fouls come in. Like, he just – he's got to get his wind underneath him. And um, when you're already a, a defensive guy and you don't have your legs and your wind underneath you, you tend to foul a little bit more. And so um, I, I don't put too much stock into it. Uh, Brooklyn did get hit in the mouth by a New Orleans team that is not only much improved as they were last year getting into the playoffs, but now they got their big dog back. And so uh, – I, I just think this team is is going to be pretty good in the West, um, and you know the Brooklyn Nets <laughs> experienced that firsthand, getting punched in the mouth. Can I just say one thing about Ben Simmons? Quickly, I give him the nod over Zach Levine of the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> Tony, I don't know if you heard this. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Zach Levine sat out the Bulls opener last night with rest management for his knee. I'm like. You already resting your knee. It's the first game it's of the, the season. It's the first game of the year. Didn't it's not he a good sign. Yeah, I'm, but wait, is he an active uh, player though? He's or? active. He's on the roster. He made the team. I was a little surprised to see him sitting out the first game. <laughs> that I, is that is kind of wild. I mean, would he go too hard well, in practice? No need to worry. Demar Derozan was there. To Demar put it down saved for the, the day. Bulls. Yes, yes, the Bulls did win. But uh, I just thought it was kind of funny to see that flash across the screen. Levine out tonight. What? Load rest management. <laughs> I'm like, what? Why, why did they the game do that? Yet? Why does the NBA do that to themselves? Yeah, they, they just you made couldn't it find better that. wording than yeah, rest management. 
should have game one. Like, that. come on. That was <laughs> just, <laughs> a, just precautionary for his knee. We want to get him some okay. extra day. Yes, right? I could have dealt Rest with that. Rest management game one just rubs everybody yes, the wrong Yes, it way. didn't have a good look to it. <laughs> Number three. The San Diego State football team will play Oklahoma in a future series. I mean, you're going to probably be 90 when this series come around. But they first meet in 2027 in Norman. Then they return to Snapdragon in 2029. Then the final game of the series is 2031 at Oklahoma. That'll actually make me 45, Scrape. So I know. I know. I exaggerate a little it's bit. It's only five years away there, uh, Goldfish. <laughs> the first meeting will be one of two against San Diego State from the SEC in the 2027 season. So a couple SEC opponents are going to play Missouri as well as Oklahoma. So, Tony, what does this tell you about the future of Aztecs football, if anything? Uh, I don't know if it tells me anything. I think, uh, listen, if you're going to pick, based on what we've seen from Oklahoma, <laughs> it might not be a bad idea to get them on the <laughs> schedule right now. Um, I will say this. It, it's a step up in terms of getting some SEC teams on the schedule. I don't, I'm not sure that they were running to schedule San Diego State prior to this, so uh, it's a step in the right direction. But if the actual um, improvement on the field doesn't happen, what good does it do you, right? Because you'll, you'll schedule these two teams, and then they'll never – no SEC team, if you're blowing them out, is going to want to schedule that again. Um, I, I think from, from a San Diego State standpoint, you got to start, like, at least making those games tough for on those on those opponents. Um, then that shows some real progress. I mean, yes, there's a, there's some progress, obviously. You're getting them on the schedule, but the next step is actually, like, being competitive and going out and possibly winning one of those two games. Chris, what does this tell you about Aztecs football, the future, if anything? Well, I think it is a big step, and I'll tell you why for this reason. I think the Aztecs played Mississippi State back in the Don Coryell era, and I honestly can't recall another SEC team that they've played since then. So, uh, now, How was that game? Sorry about that? How did we do in that game? You remember? I really don't, honestly. It was honestly before I went to San Diego State. So in in all my time going to school and all the time since, I can't ever remember playing an SEC opponent of any kind. (gasps) So I think this is a nice little step. Now Oklahoma's kind of a transitioning SEC team. I'm hoping that the Aztecs will be in the Pac-12 or the Big 12 by then, which which would – Put the Aztecs in a situation to have some better recruits, some better talents, and better players, and make it a game. And, you know, they did beat Oklahoma back in 1996, I believe it was. Oklahoma was down. They came to San Diego, and the Aztecs throttled them. But uh, that was many years ago. So uh, I think it is a nice step. I mean, you know, we don't get to see SEC teams out on the West Coast very often. And, uh, you know, so I'm happy with this. I, I like this setup. Number two. The Chargers made a big free agent signing of cornerback J.C. Jackson for over $80 million over the next four seasons. That lands him in the world of the top 10 paid cornerbacks in the NFL right now. But things have not gone his way this season, and he was benched at halftime of the Monday Night Football game against the Broncos. He was asked a couple days later uh, about the benching, and he said, quote, I feel defeated. I just feel like I'm not just being me. It's hard and it's very disappointing. Knowing what I can do and I'm not able to do it. I'm not really playing to my full potential. It's kind of upsetting. So, Chris, as a fan, how long can you give a player before you start to believe they were better off on the bench? 
Uh, well, I don't think the Chargers have any fans, so I don't think you can ask this question <laughs> properly. Um, yeah, I, you know, look, was he better off on the bench? He probably was, and I, I think in this case, you know, the Chargers coaches are doing a pretty smart thing. I mean, they're, they're sending the message that he's going to have to play at a higher level, and whatever is the problem, he's going to have to figure it out. Um, you know, to me, it's the football version of, you know, what the Padres did with Josh Hader this year. They benched him, basically, and took him out of the closers role because he wasn't getting the job done. Josh Hader figured it out. Coaches worked with him. They got it all turned around. Now Josh Hader's closing games as well as he ever has. So uh, sometimes it takes something like this to get a player's attention. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think he's better off on the bench. You know, obviously he's playing up to his capabilities. He's going to be better on the field for the Chargers, but uh, this is the only way maybe to get him to that level. Tony, do you, uh, as a fan, how long can you give a player before you start to believe they are better off on the bench? Oh, as a fan? It's um, a very difficult and twisted question. No, I'll tell you right now. Really I'll tell you right now. Why don't you just let him tell we're, us right now, Tony? We're listening. Go ahead. Oh, you tell oh, us right oh, now. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, go tell us. I'll give him, I'll, I'll give him uh, half a season, and then if he's, if he's not playing well and he's giving up touchdowns, then I'm over him. But then I'm back in on him later if he does play well. So, <laughs> yeah, you know that's a great answer. Actually, it's great. Yeah, it fits. It fits the well, you're not going to be well. able to top it. <laughs> no. I would never. I wouldn't give up. I'll on say them. this. I wouldn't give I'll, up. I, I'll say this. Uh, as a from a fan's perspective, um, it behooves you to support whoever you think can help you win. Just because a guy is struggling at starting doesn't mean the guy behind him is going to come in and be better. There's a reason he's a starter in the they're, first they're, place. They're, they're, right. They didn't. They usually weigh those things out pretty well. Now, um, there is a scenario in which a guy has a bad season. You know, it never recovers. doesn't mean he's done for the rest of his career. And I think that's the delicate balance the Chargers coaching staff has had. You mentioned Hayter. Even though they removed him out of that closer spot, Bo Mel really did a good job of still putting it out there that, hey, he's going to have to be our closer at one point. Like, he kept feeding positive vibes even when it wasn't all positive, right? And uh, from a fan's perspective, you don't have to worry about that as much. You just get to like who you like and diss who you don't. And so um, I, I would say you got to get – I am I would say a full season before you start kind of moving on from them like this. We're better off without him type deal. Good answers, guys. Good answers. And your answer, too, was really good. As good as yours. Uh, There is a lot being made out of a podcast former Russell Wilson teammates Richard Sherman and Marshawn Lynch did. Have you guys heard about this podcast? Nope. Well, here's what they said on the Marshawn Lynch podcast. The clip is kind of long, but it's worth it. See, he on a struggle bus. Man, I want to reach out to dog, bro, because I mean. reach out to it. You know it His ain't manager. that. You know it ain't, man. Come His on, manager. nigga. If I can't, if I if if I can't call you direct, then I ain't calling you. Especially if I done went to war with you. But I do, man, because you feel me. The backlash that bro just got, like, and I know he a, one of them heady guys, bro. It's more so like I just wanna, you know, I just wanna tap in with him, make sure that you feel me though. That 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 dog solid though, because man, at the end of the day, like, I mean, I understand what this football is, but. You feel me? I want to make sure a dog's straight in his in his mind, though, and don't let that overshadow, like, you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, bro, you still a Super Bowl quarterback. 
You All right, he goes on for a little bit longer. We're kind of we're kind of uh, strapped for time. But Tony, are you worried about Russell Wilson? If Beast Mode is worried about Russell Wilson, I listen. I, I don't think anybody, no matter how good you are, uh, is can can completely remove themselves from mental struggles, um, especially in today's world where you can't really get away from it. You can't really seclude yourself away from the criticism that comes your way. There was a time you could, you know, you could just not read the newspaper or you could just not watch the news. If you have your phone and you have any of the sports app, and I, and having uh, seen uh, Russell Wilson for a long time, I know he enjoys sports, right? So he probably has the ESPN app. Guess what? There's a little update that comes across your phone without you ever even having to go to the app. And so he's going to see it. And so, you know, I, I just think um, – I, I think – I don't know if you you're worried like like desperately worried that he's gonna, but what he's going through is something he hasn't gone through before, and so that can mentally shake anybody. So yeah, I, I think he. Uh, it's not that Beast Mode is worried about him. It's more so that Russell Wilson is going through something that I don't think he's ever gone through in terms of being on this stage, in terms of football. Chris. Yeah, I, I'd be a little concerned about Russell Wilson because this has got to be really tough for him. Because uh, people that are having nothing but success in their lives and then have nothing but no success all of a sudden, pretty much out of nowhere, I think it's got to be a shock to the system. Yeah. Uh, the problem is with Russell Wilson, I don't think this is going to change until the Denver Broncos get a get a head coach that knows what he's doing. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm more convinced than ever watching that game Monday night. You know, Russell Wilson came out, went 10 for 10, opened the game. He was on fire. Chargers probably made one adjustment. And all of a sudden, the Denver Broncos couldn't even throw a pass. And Russell Wilson finished with 15 yards passing in the second half. You know, the Russell Wilson I saw in the first quarter could still play pretty well. But as soon as the Chargers made a couple of adjustments, Denver was unable to match those adjustments and do what they needed to do to move the football. So I'm more convinced than ever that this is a coaching problem. Russell Wilson is a victim of it. And until he gets out from underneath it, he's going to have the – what they call it? The struggle – well, Tony calls it – Struggle bus. Yeah, but I like Tony's term better. He's going to have to – Eat the struggle sauce. <laughs> uh, what about what about that? You have to contact uh, Russell Wilson's manager to get the Russell Wilson. That's kind of strange, huh? 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 All right. Anyway, yeah, it's that's huge. it for the big five guys. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 